Tom Cower with your hosts, Andrew Glonner and Chris Ramos, featuring special guest Joshua James. Cowabunga dudes, we're going to talk about The Last Ronin. And so The Last Ronin just came out in uh, this year in hardcover collection, but this was a a sort of uh, Dark Knight Returns, last apocalyptic story that the creators of Teenage Mutant Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Kevin Eastman, Peter Laird, uh, accompanied by uh, Tom Waltz, um, came up with this incredible story. They figured they wanted to write a story about the turtles and what would be like their end game. I mean, yes. a lot of people are doing that now. Comics are being really popular with, you know, the the death of fill in the blank. So yes. it's mm-hmm. like everyone wants to know, well, what happens at the end, you know, right. I don't know. I feel like yeah. that, that that's one story to tell. And then maybe 10 years from now, another artist or writer will sure. tell a, a yeah. different story. Yeah. Absolutely. So oh, yeah. this one is the last Ronin. It's, it's gotten a lot of um, publicity and a lot of excitement through the last like two years. Right. I mean, yeah. building up. Yeah. To I it, would I say ever since it started like coming out in single issues. Yeah. And Josh, yeah, where did you hear about it then? It's just, sort of um, just being a turtles fan. I've just kind of like, heard about it one day through like a Facebook group, I believe. And somebody was like really excited. And I think the, the Kindle version came out first, like a couple days or something like that. And I bought oh, it on the Kindle, the first like the issue. First issue. Mm-hmm. But yeah. then all of them were obviously weren't on there. So, uh, you know, and it was like months or maybe. Yeah. Cause the kind like, of the pandemic kind of sat in kind of at that point, or we're still dealing with that world. And I think it was just taking a long time for those issues it was to get a very to the long time. And then that's when I was like, well, I'm just going to wait for the hardcover. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> just wait for the whole thing. Yeah. So what's the breakdown on the hardcover? How many issues do we got? We have five, five. issues. Yep. And they're all collected all together. Um, this was published by IDW. And it's a fantastic hardcover, but um, we wish you all good luck in getting it mm-hmm. um, because the it went fast. It, it went fast. Um, maybe they'll pr- do some more reprints of that. Or um, I know the Teenage Mutant. T- t- I'm just gonna keep saying say, TMNT. TMNT. Uh, TMNT. <laughs> <laughs> they have some beautiful hardcover collections that have collected like the entire run from history IDW. from IDW yes. that. Um, are so amazing. I think they're evergreen, so they're trying to keep those in print, and um, they just keep coming out with more of those. So, um, yeah, uh, may, I think their goal is one day to publish it in that format, but right now it's just a standard size hardcover. Well, yeah. and like IDW is a pretty awesome publishing house because they, they're trying to just keep those runs, the nostalgic runs, I'll call them, I Exactly. Guess. They're yes. just trying to keep those current and mm-hmm. relevant. Yeah. The uh, main Ninja Turtle line that they run, you'll you might see some pictures of them on the spine. They're like a almost like a checkerboard. Yeah, they're all different checkerboard mm-hmm. colors. Yeah, I've seen those. Yep, so. and they're like oversized hardcovers. But the stories in there are newer. I want to say like yeah. within like the last ten years or so. Mm-hmm. So it's not like you're getting the Ninja Turtles from the eighties, uh, nineties. Sure. Uh, but what would you describe that art style as? I think the, uh, the Kevin Eastman art style. No, or is no, the, the, ones the newer, newer one. one. Okay. I, yeah. The newer one, I, I would say there's quite a few books coming out where it's not all digital, but it is still like more cartoony a little bit. Yeah. Not as much as the like Nickelodeon not, yeah. TV show, right? Where they're like disproportioned. Yeah. And it's like, not like cartoony anime. I mean, they've always sort of ridden that line or, or, or they kind of ride the line of like, how far is 
the cartoony version and then how That's serious can we take the ninja turtles absolutely right? and um you know that that's one thing that I always noticed with the Ninja Turtles was, you know, I grew up with them right at the beginning. Like I remember actually seeing their sort of underground comic, dirty, uh, grungy drawing part. That's how of I it. would describe it, grungy. Yeah, yeah, and mm-hmm. yeah, and uh, yeah, the IDW we're looking at pictures of it now. They're like the the girl turtle has like just oversized like. Um, shorts on for some reason <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. well they kind of made it where the turtles are um like they almost always wanted to keep them cartoony they Absolutely. didn't want to ever really push them into like a realistic look yeah, yeah. i you know the movies yeah the movies is for kinda, us right but mm-hmm. the comics they keep them as like fluid as they can and i would say if i were to try to smash them into a a bucket i would say they're like half anime mm-hmm. and like half digital cartoon. Yes. Yeah. That's a good way to say like it. that, yeah, you absolutely. know, where they're, they're still they're And, and it works for them because I mean, they're, I mean, they're Ninja Turtles mm-hmm. and they, you know, it's like, right. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. At the end of the day. Yeah, the story. Yes. <laughs> um, but so coming back around to, you know, the origins of it, what are your guys' memories of growing up with um, TMNT? So like, Mine was the cartoon. First time ever seeing it. Cartoon. Grew up with it. Loved it. Had the toys. Unfortunately, most of the toys I had were of Donatello, the the purple one. Yes. Is because <laughs> like by the time my mom got to the store to buy me it, you yeah. know, all the other ones are taken uh, instantly. Yeah. Like, okay. And like I remember Leonardo was the absolute coolest. And now, like as an adult, I think he's kind of the lamest one to be honest. But um. <laughs> The leaders always get a lot of flack. Yeah. <laughs> and then he's like the Cyclops of the group. <laughs> Too serious. Right. Um, and then being fans of it, you know, you in in elementary school, you know, you absorb around people who are also fans of things. And mm-hmm. that's where I heard about the the original comic. It's like somebody's older brother told somebody about it. And like, yeah. Okay. And I think they had like the first time I seen that was like a photocopy, I think, or something. I just remember it being stapled. It wasn't like. Well, so, you know, back in back in that time, too, I mean, we have to remember there was there was no digital comics. There was no, you know, comicsology or anything else. Yeah, this was like mid 80s. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so they really had only two choices. One was to find a friend or someone that had a comic collection at their house which was like a big leap for some people to be like, I'm going to go make a friend and then see if they have comics. (laughs) So it's like, okay, there's, there's that big giant, like you're stepping outside of your introvert box anyway. And then the other option was to find your way into a comic book store, which, you know, sometimes they're a little daunting because, you know, you get in there and everyone there knows what they're talking about and you don't. And I don't know, when I was a kid, we had some sort of, you know, corner uh, newsstands and things that had comics. We had comic shops too, but this was not published in a large capacity. So the Ninja Turtles comic wasn't like super so, accessible. Which I think it was m- mainly based out of the East Coast, if I remember yeah, correctly. So, I mean, I think Boston, e- like, and, and it didn't really, it didn't really hit 
everywhere as a as a really popular like reading material. Well, yeah, think, New Hampshire. Yep. Yeah, I think it became more Somewhere of like a yeah. pop culture at the time. Yeah. Like cartoon and toy thing, and people you know kind of lost track that it was a comic in the first place. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if so I well I heard a rumor I guess, and I wonder if it's has any like hold in water with it is when the cartoon came out the original comic i guess was very dark yes and, it was yeah mm-hmm. when the, they tried not to let that as a big release mm. out because they wanted the, the cartoon to take over all mm-hmm. of our minds versus that very dark i think comic. there's some water that holds it that yeah yeah i mean if you look at the cartoons that were out at the time it was like okay gi joe well no one ever like got killed in gi joe mm. and you know thundercats and you had some transformers other and yeah stuff it's like, like yeah. so it was i think they were all kind of riding that line even he-man i mean no one right. died in <laughs> yeah so, uh, they were riding the line of like how popular can a cartoon become? And then also how many toys can it sell? Cause that's really the only that's reason. Literally sure. it was, yeah. That, and uh, in the, in the research here, it says that it was kind of around the same time as uncanny X-Men, the new teen Titans, uh, daredevil. And they like some of the, co- the comedic tradition of funny animals, such as Howard the duck. So that's kind of really cool to like think about in that like headspace of yeah what was, what was out the at the same time yeah they're like let's uh, just smash them all together right basically <laughs> yeah. I mean they 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 hit on a really um, strong chord with kids and they also hit on people who wanted to read a story about just you know sort of that ninja sensei mentality. Mm-hmm. And, you know, how can this work? And once they saw that the turtles were, like, mutated, it was like, okay, this works. That's cool. And it's not so much like an anamorphic, like, comic uh, that that we know it today, but it's, like, the turtles are kind of ninjas, but they're not animals, though. You kind of, their personalities kind of take over. Like, they're bipedal, like, beings that you could, as a kid, you could put yourself into. Yes. And And they have four different dramatic different personalities so mm-hmm. if you're one of those personalities as a kid you could absorb to one of those turtles so i i believe that for all yeah. everybody yeah. well like for me if they were humans that transformed into turtles i probably would be like ah, whatever. yeah, yeah. Been a little lame yeah mm-hmm. it's like they're actually like really actually turtles that sort of grow, yeah grow into that. <laughs> um but sure. i mean while we're on the topic we should talk about turtles i'm sure everyone at least has had some sort of connection to them but of course, you have Leonardo, yep. who was like two uh, katana swords, yep. and the the leader, and he was the very serious one. Mm-hmm. Yep. Who was your favorite one? Mine is Raphael. Mm-hmm. The, I would agree. Yeah, yeah. I, I liked Raphael too. I, um, well, go ahead. So you talk about Raphael and his per- personality. I, I just like um, the the seriousness of him and the like like of the sense of like such a badass yeah it like, goes out like, two size yeah like the original movie is when i fell in love with him um the live action film where he like goes out on his own you yes know? And, like, i remember that first time you as a kid you really hear the a cuss word especially coming out of a turtle's mouth and he was yes. like you guys can stay i'll go and like <laughs> yeah I, he always felt like he was the one to um, find where they should fight, and then they went and fought. Yeah, exactly. Like, he was like, oh, like just, a scout kind yeah, of. Yeah, like, like 
I'll go to the places you don't want to go and I'll talk to the people you don't want to talk Absolutely. to. Absolutely. Those very do that, yeah. you know, very abrasive yeah. uh, personality. I don't know. I like that. I, I kind of wish I had more of a personality to him. So that like, like him. <laughs> well, and I think that his weapon was just something that people didn't really see a lot. No, mm-hmm. I they think thought, well, that other, was, yeah. Other than that, maybe Electra had it. Yeah. Like the size, way that, that was sort of, about it. Yeah. Spun them around and stuff. People were like, that is cool. You know, mm-hmm. Um, I think he made them cool. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Then the next yeah. one, you're up. Who is next? Um, Michelangelo. I, I mean, full disclosure, this was my first Ninja Turtles comic. Well, but you didn't really and, know the comic or the uh, yeah. Either. And I guess I this is kind of like my, my most exposure to them. Um, I don't know. Yeah, Michelangelo That's and wow. Raphael are, are pretty cool. <laughs> are, are pretty cool. Um, but I think after <laughs> yes, um, and I think I've I've seen a little bit of the movies and cartoons here and there, but I haven't like deep dived into them. But the, I think this comic, you know, if you didn't know anything about you know TMNT, and you wanted to pick this up. I think it's a great way to like dive in oh, and absolutely. you know get people excited about it again and bring in a new audience that maybe wasn't there in the eighties and things like that wasn't exposed to well, them. Well, so the cool thing is, and then go back and kind with of the last see. two like Michelangelo, he was always like the like I don't want to call him like a surfer dude, but he was, yeah. he had the most fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, the jokester. Yeah, the yep. skate, he's the one that you see in the '90s, always on a skateboard. Yeah, sure. And and like, pizza, you he know. was always ordering the pizza and stuff. And, and he was the one. <laughs> he knew what he was supposed to do, but he also just sort of made it like his own. Like, well, I'm gonna do it this way. Why not? You know, yeah. like mm-hmm. so he knew he knew what they wanted, and he was the old. He was like the unorthodox one, right? Yep. And then. Donatello had Johnny. the bow staff and yeah. he was like the brainiac. So he always made machines. machines oh, yeah. I, yeah. I think, I think probably Donatello. Yeah. He's, he's really cool. With all yeah. He's my yeah. second favorite. Yeah. yeah. He made all the, like the, the vehicles. The and cool he, van. Yeah. Yes. Shot yeah. The sewer, sewer <laughs> yeah. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Where did they get just the stock? Absolutely. So, you know, it just goes to say if they were up against a villain and they needed to like outsmart him, it's like Donatello's time to shine. Yeah. They needed to just like, be stealthy little Leonardo yeah. kind of, you know, so they, they, they did a good job of okay. making each one of them the distinct right personalities. Yeah. And then, um, so as like the, the name says teenage mutant Ninja Turtles. So they're teenagers and they have a leader, a sensei, yep. uh, a dad figure, father mm-hmm. figure, um, you know, master splinter. Yes. Who teaches them all and stuff like that. And that's yes. where I was going to go on about their yeah. weapons and their personalities. Yes. Like Leonardo is a leader and um, always straightforward and stuff like that. So he gets like the sharp knives. Like precise. He's always precise. Precise. So he could cut and stuff like that. His is like the most, um, I think, rightly chosen weapon. And then you have like, let's go Michelangelo, who is a kind of a sloppier guy. He's joking around all the time and stuff like that. So he has nunchucks, which takes more dexterity and stuff like that and focus Mm -hmm. to keep them in control. So it's kind of like Master Splinter gave him something to like focus his mind. Oh, yeah. Uh He gave him the fidget spinner. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Raphael just jumps in and doesn't think. He just goes out and is very reckless. So he gets in the size are a defensive weapon they are well yeah. they're also like the closest combat and the closest so combat. he yeah. just dives in his clo- so he's always the closest to town yeah. and then donatello gets a bow staff which is a very untechy uh weapon 
So it's kind of like Master Splinter wants him to have that to ground him to be like, yes, you have all the tech things in the wow. world, but there is, you know, there's just this basic, basic yeah. staff. Basic sure. things, so they definitely like, spent yeah. a lot of time so, over and, and maybe just developing the characters, figuring now that. Yeah, and Donatello's is like the least deadly of them all. The bow mm -hmm. staff is, there's not sharp, you know, it's right. not, yeah. yeah, more tactical. Get so then, yeah, so, them. so, you know, you kind of come all the way to the last Ronin and yes, it's really funny that the biggest secret with the last Ronin throughout everything was which turtle is this, you know, and they did a really great job of marketing, um, that whoever this turtle is, you can tell he's the last one. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So he's one of the four and he has everyone's weapon. Yeah. So he's carrying one of each yep. weapon. So you could never really like say that is one particular turtle you're always like well he's using all the weapons so which right. one is, is he he's, yep. he's honoring his family like yeah. very early on i think was one of the coolest like panels is where he's kind of like in a sewer yeah and he has all the weapons mm -hmm. laid out oh, yeah right. i love that has, scene so much so he's wearing a black mask yeah right so his mask is black that was the other indicator i was like well what mask is he when, wearing well, yeah, black. yeah which course. is an indicator of you know you know who which turtle it was. Yeah. But then he's like in this in in the sewer looking defeated. The weapons are all laid out and all four masks um are laid out on top of them, which I thought is like one of my favorite yeah. um panels. I think it's like well and then you hear Yeah, right here. Yeah, he's just sitting there. He's almost like meditating, but he's just looking yep. at the pretty yeah, much whatever. into the past and you just sit well, whatever turtle this is, he looks he looks older. He looks you know, defeated a little bit, right? I would say maybe middle aged. Yeah, and Possibly. whatever turtle is, he's not he's not happy go lucky. He's mm -hmm. not you know. So it's definitely post apocalyptic and trying to feel like he's it's kind of battle scarred. He's he's seen some action. It's a very serious like manner to him now. Yeah, and I would say this whole book is a, a more serious take on on the story of TMNT and things like that. But you should. You're gonna do a last telling and a last story. Um, you gotta approach it in a serious. Well, time. you have to make sure that the stakes are high, and that's yeah, kind of why they set it up. Yeah, you always think the Ninja Turtles were fighting against Shredder. Yeah, and his, you know, his reign. He, you know, Shredder always wanted to take over, mm -hmm. and so now here they are in the future, and you find out Shredder's grandson. Yes, is running. Is it grandson or great grandson? Grandson, grandson, yeah, yeah, just grandson. I don't think it's that far in the future, yeah. <laughs> but it's he's just that the city is under his rule. The, yeah, you know, you don't really get a sense of like if it's the whole country or something. It's pretty much like this city, it's, and uh, and this city being New York has a giant wall around it because of the rise in water levels. Yes, so there's like so the city is like contained, mm -hmm. and if there was some guy to try to take over a city that would be the easiest city to take over that yeah, right. yeah you know, absolutely self self-sustained like come right in yeah. yeah yeah the city itself when they uh, did the art for this it kind of felt like a blade runner kind of feel yeah, yeah very they set it up like that cyberpunky multi-levels kind of, of the city you mm -hmm. know and they set it up as the population is generally like content in just doing their own thing they don't really care like yeah about these rivalries or like you know for the most part it looks like shredder grandson guy is yeah just 
staying to himself, sort of, you know, sort of yeah. he, with uh, with an iron fist, but he's yeah. not yeah, super dominant. But he has like a android, I think, task force or something that he uses to police this. Yeah, which is like a hybrid um cyborg person yeah yep, thing, yep. which you find out pretty quickly. brings it black to bright <laughs> <laughs> and you find out pretty yep. quickly that baxter stockman everyone remembers baxter stockman from all the cartoons and yeah you know. i didn't know much about him but he seems like a really cool like interesting character so i think baxter stockman in the cartoons he's a fly right is well he turns into a he turns fly. into a fly yeah. but he was like a scientist and he was like the epitome of just sort of this lonely geeky scientist guy Mad scientist yeah like. and he would make like these oh, little yep. robots he made the uh mousers the like mousers the, the little like yep. robot mousers yeah and then he eventually he turned into a fly he, like did an experiment and that's crazy because really when crazy. we wow. see him in here he's kind of like a cyborg yes he well when we see him Later, in here first he's yeah. just a guy yeah just mm-hmm. uh because yeah. i think the first time you see him in this is a flashback Oh right, yeah. and mm-hmm. and he was just a guy. Yeah. Later on, when we see him again, he's he's like a cyborg half person mm-hmm. type thing. Yeah. But he still has mounds of Mausers, and there's all different kinds of Mausers. Yes. Now yeah. And, and so he was always the ones that, um, like he was a, a pretty good nemesis of the turtles. He wasn't like they always defeated him pretty easily, but mm-hmm. it, he was just a he was just a villain in there. Sure. Well, this one, you know, he's really sided with shredder's grandson and they you know i I guess the other reviews i've read about this is they're saying it's not really for kid kids you know (laughs) it's kind of mature but not super mature then turtles there are some scenes where they get bloodied yes and then there are scenes flashbacks where turtles die so yes there's one turtle left and three others have died and they show their death scenes and you know that's to some people who are like longtime turtle fans that was pretty hard to read through it was and as a turtle fan it is like gut-wrenching when you first when you see the first turtle die yeah that one like hit me that those scenes and stuff like that was like in the water Mm -hmm. and then you're like well that's how they would do it like like you said that's how it would happen um which i wish so we you find out pretty quickly in the first issue of who the last ronin is yeah and it's like the last pages or last panel yes, yes it's the very last, last panel. panel um because um somebody's speaking to the turtle mm-hmm. and kind of says the name yeah i wish it would have been held off a little bit more yeah to where you kind of like when the first tur- turtle dies you're like oh well we know it's not him mm-hmm. yeah and then the second turtle to dies play, you know, a little like, more mystery so yes yeah. and then kind of um to figure it out but then it as i think back on it like when he like so he's connected to his brothers they're very connected to each other and he has almost like he's like talking to himself yes the the whole issue of like ptsd and remorse and grief are, uh, are very much addressed. Survivor's guilt. Survivor's guilt is the top. It's probably yeah. the top one. And yeah, survivor's just how, guilt is a good way to put it. Yeah, and how um, the writers address these issues and appropriately so with these, you know, characters that have been around for a little over 30 years now is it's really impressive and it, it makes the story count and makes you invest in what Well, and like for happens. them too, I mean, they really, really, really pushed 
in the cartoons and in the comics and everywhere else that they're brothers. Like they're the four, the four brothers. brothers. Yeah. Yep. Like it, they were always the unit. And, you know, in other stories, it's like they try to do things on their own, but then it's like the, the message of the story is the moral of the story is you have to do it together as yep. brothers. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, they were always inseparable. And yeah. so when you pluck away three of them and you say one's still here, yeah, that survivor's guilt is like, well, now that you're here, what are you going to do? Right. What, what should you do? Should you just retire or should sure. you seek vengeance? And I think that's the other, the moral like the gray moral, yeah. territory. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Like not only are they like hardcore brothers, but they're also trained together. Yeah. Stop and they work together in their fighting style. Exactly. So like they were pretty interceptable. Yeah. yeah. So they work as like a well-oiled machine together. And when yeah. you take all the cogs away. Yeah. All right. And you're. Yeah. It's, it's like you. Yeah. yeah you like, have to learn those skills. <laughs> make friends. And or? that's what he did. Yeah. So that, yeah. that's one turtle left, which we're trying not to tell you who it is. But the, one tur- <laughs> the one turtle left did learn the fighting styles of his brother. Uh, yep. Yes. Which was cool to see that they, they, they took time to say, yeah. this wasn't just an overnight thing that, he, you know, for years he's been working on. Yeah. This, yeah. Absolutely. Which he learned the last Ronin. Dude, the journal left over from master. Yeah. And that was such a cool, like, element of that yeah but i liked how the story you kind of yeah figure out what the present day is but then when you talk about like what happened to the turtles what happened to their brothers and things like that they tell it through a series of flashbacks that are spread out through the whole five issues yes yeah and that was really cool just because you don't need the whole thing at once otherwise you would have to spend an issue or two on just flashback right. but if you spread it out through a five issue like this mini, is what happened 10 years that's ago. really you can really build an investment and you kind of want to continue like okay so what happened in this instance or how did that how did that person die or what's the significance of that well i think the pacing of the book was really good. oh absolutely i Stounding. think from issue to issue if you were buying these as separate issues and that's the other nice thing about even hardcover collections, they still do break it to say this was the end of this issue. Yeah. Yes. You know, yeah, so yeah, it's it like really cool. Yeah, you know, they, like, they almost, I, I think in it. this collection, they almost feel like chapters almost. But yeah. They do feel like chapters. Yeah. Put it. And, you know, as, as a reader, you, uh, I think what they did really well was they showed um, past characters came back. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. They, they sort of played on that nostalgia for people who are like, well, where's uh, our favorite April O'Neil? April O'Neil! Where's Casey, Casey Jones? Jones? Where's, yep. What happened yeah. to Master Splinter? I mean, you get answers to all those questions, yes. which is really um, gratifying for people who are Ninja, fan, Ninja Turtle fans because there's certain things you remember that are like, Part of their, I don't uh, know, no, their their history, their their, their, their yeah. culture, their... and then you know, there was one we didn't know. Who was that? I'm gonna look. I, I just pulled it up too. It was uh honey, Honeycutt. Honey yeah, Honeycutt. Yeah, yeah, I did not know him either. Yeah, Honeycutt was a blank for me, but then he showed me a picture of Honeycutt not as a yeah. robot thing, and then I was like, oh, Honeycutt. that makes yeah. So he's in there. He's in the IDW series and. He was uh, Fugator, I think. No, he was another like scientist guy uh, from another world. I think uh, another dimension, right? Did he originally come from like Krang's dimension well, or something? It said uh, Kang. Yeah, Kang's, it, it says yeah. in the 2012 TV series, 
that he was just like a older scientist guy. But then in the IDW comic, he's more of a other dimensional dimensional, guy. So, but that's the cool thing. So I was going to comment on that just really quick. Yeah. Is that every generation, like every 10 years, they kind of do a new Ninja Turtle thing. Okay. So Mm -hmm. like the late 80s, when I was nine, that's when I watched the Turtles. And then they put out a new one, like late 90s, I think. Yeah. They had a new cartoon in like the 2000s. They're always trying to find a new series. Yeah. Yeah. And they're always coming up with like, New animations, new cartoons, new like live action movies. Yeah, like they <laughs> like, just did the other the newer live action movies with what was it Megan Fox in one of them? Uh, or, yeah, Megan Fox. Yeah. She was in both. She, she so you could, you could like her, hate her. She's not that bad of an actor, and she, I think she did really good in those movies. For those, yeah, for where you're not taking movies. it too serious, yeah. right? Yeah, but they've they've sort of kept that reinvention going, and I, you know, to me. That's a really exciting thing because they're always talking about like, well, we're going to reboot the Harry Potter series. And you're like, why? Yeah. <laughs> but for this, it's like they've kind of rebooted almost every 10 years. And that's yep. awesome. Sure. It's worked Just, well. Uh, yeah. Give every generation their own TMNT. Almost. For a while there, like you pulled up the picture and there was a yellow headband, which was the girl turtle. I can't remember her name. She's yeah, not, it's fairly new, I think. She had like claws, I believe. Yeah. Or something like that. Was that. her like weapon of choice. Weapons. Um. I can't remember. She was there for like a small minute. Mm. Um, I think that was Venus. part of the IDW that could be. series, if I remember. Yeah, Venus. Yeah, and the Venus. one that was the cartoon that was like more 3D-ish mm. was when Honeycutt Venus was in there Janica. too. The, yeah, the Nickelodeon. Or one, the, too. <laughs> I think there's a ton of seasons of that Nickelodeon one where they're like, they aren't, their limbs are disproportioned. Oh, right. Like really oversized, the, like, uh, yo, the ends, oh, like that was Janica. And the hands okay. are really big, but the like up yep. by the shoulders and, you know, the crotch area, they're very thin. Um, but I think those have more seasons than the original. Oh, wow. And I think it's still going, actually. Hmm. Wow. Um, well, I mean, it's like making new Ninja Turtle fans and it's just connecting with a lot of kids. And that's why, yeah. even for us reading it, I think it, it had a really good mix of like action. And a really good mix of nostalgia. Yeah. And a really good mix of still kind of that mystery. Like, how is this going to end? Like, how is this going? Yeah. We didn't have all the answers. Yeah. I mean, you get an idea of like, well, so are they going to pass the torch or, Mm -hmm. you know, who's going to take over? Or like, like a little hint at Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) A little hint. I'm not going to say like the hint. Yeah. Yeah. They did a good job of actually like keeping the, um, I don't know, keeping the, the history of the turtles alive yeah and not just totally absolutely and keep you intrigued into yeah knowing what's sure going on. and i think it was cool to have like their supporting characters like april and neil and kind of figuring out like what happened to casey and casey jones and things like that or um how did master splinter die and things like that and his teachings were left over those were such such really cool things that they maybe didn't have to do but yeah. it's really cool. And, you know, April was kind of like the narrator or like the storyteller and kind of working with, you know, getting those stories out of um, the, the Ronin, <laughs> the last Ronin. And then there's a new introduction of a character that like ties in. But like 
a character who is the leader of like the underground resistance. Oh yeah, the group. yeah the resistance. Yeah. That was really cool. I'm not. I'm there's not always say, a resistance, no matter how nice you know? the not society is. Say who it is, but there's like a nice deep connection to this new character. Yeah. Okay. So point. was that some something they already had like developed before? Or they I don't ever remember. No, okay, so that was kind of written for this, which is. You know, in, in a post-apocalyptic world, there is usually a resistance against like an evil mm. lord and things like that. Yeah, no, I don't think anything like that has been thought of because mm. it's sort of like thinking about next generational stuff. Oh, and sure. I don't think they ever got into that. Yeah, know, that makes sense, you know, and it's more of appropriate it's a for cool that character. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I will say that some of the other, you know, things that really jumped out to me in the series was... Um, the the ninja turtle that is still alive the last ronin mm-hmm. uh he is acting how i would expect his character to act yeah like yeah. they actually didn't stretch outside of what you would consider um plausible like reactions oh, okay so he wasn't know. acting out a character for no him. and 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 i don't think like to me and we kind of mentioned this a little bit to me it doesn't really matter which turtle was still alive. Like it could have been any one of them. Yeah. I don't think the story was revolving around that particular turtle, but I do think when you look back on like all of the steps he took and the way that he reacted and the way that he never gave up, like that does make sense for that turtle. Yeah, right. I agree. Yeah, a hundred percent agree. So yeah. it's like okay, they made the right choice, but at the same time, it could have been any one of them, really. Yes, and they'd be sort of in the same spot, but. Maybe they wouldn't have made the same choices. Um, I would imagine that they wouldn't all seek vengeance. Yeah, you know, there's there's a them. couple that I think would approach it differently. Not, approach approach it very differently. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. More think about it. Um, would it definitely approach it completely? There's a two of them. I don't want to like yeah. say, <laughs> but I know yeah. for sure these yeah. two would have been. Well, there was a point with like Master Splinter where yeah. he's like in a fight scene, you know, yeah. and you're mm-hmm. like, okay, Splinter, and he's got like a sword, right? Yep. And you're like, yeah, that was super cool. And then cool. just right. like, soup, like, and he's just like beheaded two people. Yeah, you know? yeah. Just, like, I saw that. I was like, what? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. That was cool. I was like, well, all right, because he doesn't right. really have to hold back he, in this comic. No, he was just cool. like, okay, you put me in this situation, and you, there's you no holds bar. Yeah, you blink and like. He's already taken you out. I mean, he's like it's, he's yeah. nuts. And most of the time, when we see Master Splinter, he's like a Very with reserved. a cane, yes. yeah, like old, old decrepit, decrepit yeah, yeah, rat guy. Yeah, and then like, but he's got that Yoda mentality. Oh, he does. He could just explode. I wouldn't be surprised if he was like kind of based off of Yoda a little bit. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, the, it's definitely an influence. The turtles. That there, it is a pretty well known that the turtles' uh, idea in the first place was taken from Daredevil. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's what yeah we mentioned that. Splinter yeah. was from Stick, mm-hmm. and yeah, the turtles, even naming the turtles after different, uh, oh, um, you know, fine artists. Yeah, fine artists. Yeah, yeah. that that I think yeah. to me that was just their way of connecting the names to something. Right. Mm-hmm. Instead of just coming up with names. Random. Completely. I random do remember, names. you know, when we were kids. That when we were like even in art school and like elementary school, that teacher would be like, All right, this is Leonardo da Vinci. And everyone was like, Ha, Leonardo. <laughs> like, like they just know that that's like everyone knew those those uh artists because of the turtles. Um Yeah. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so it was really just like, I don't know. 
to me it's just fun fond memories and the the comic yeah. was just a lot of fun but also like to me like a good swan song yeah, absolutely yeah yeah for sure um let's talk about the art so the arts um it kind of starts out very modernized it's still very well done mm-hmm. um and but also we get to see a brief glimpses of old school uh kevin eastman come out and do some page interior pages and i haven't been so much exposed to kevin eastman's art but looking at it it is definitely something i've never seen before it's very stylized yeah um how would you describe it like he said earlier is like rungy it's like i think one of the best yeah i mean a lot of the well, first of all, I guess we should mention that, you know, the director's cut of The Last Ronin was from Eastman's original idea. Like yes, he came up with the absolutely. story. Yeah, he came up with the uh, yeah. He said, hey, it would be cool to do like a Last Ronin story. And he just sort of shelved a few of the storylines. Mm-hmm. And so they he did give him permission to kind of drag these back out. Yes. And then turn it into Yeah, a he had comic. the concepts already pretty much mm-hmm. and some of the layouts. storyboarded. Yeah. yeah, so like you see storyboard and layouts by him. But then... The flashbacks they did with him. Now the the cool thing about it is there's a film like the background here that's yes. like really fine like yep. mesh. That's actually like a plastic film that comic book artists okay. play down like lay down on their board. Okay, and you can cut it. You can exacto knife around it and stuff. Mm-hmm. And you can like, um, you know, ink over it and stuff. But I. I get the idea that even when you see some of it where it's like a lot of white around yep. that's added. That first he lays down this film to sort of just give everything like a grungy gray tone. And then he goes in with like a lot of just ink. And I think he I think he just really gets organic with it. I don't think there's a really big Yeah. Yeah, that so one. We're looking at different artwork from Eastman. It's it starts out just a lot of black and a lot and he just works his way backwards. Cause I will say like even comparing it to like when we did monsters or we, you know, some of the other black and white mm-hmm. books like Sin City, this is like in a league of its own. Yeah. <laughs> in a style of its own. Well, and you get the idea that the turtles are like powerful in yes. it. And yep. that's why the original comic was serious and dark yeah. and powerful. And then they like turned they started it out, more yeah. into like a, hey, let's make them green and <laughs> let's give them some, <laughs> some pers- you know, every time you see an Eastman drawing of a turtle, he's always got a like squinty eyed and he's really mad. Yep. It's like yes. shows his like teeth and you're like, it's a turtle with teeth, you know, and like that makes you scared. And right. they kind of soften the image a little bit. Yeah. But his original drawings was this was like a tough, turtle yeah sure. and you look at these and you do like this one right here where he's standing like, <laughs> he ain't yeah, right, like, it's, it just looks like something you don't want to mess with. yeah yeah absolutely yeah. and uh and, and I, think- I i appreciate that they only used his art very sparingly to tell the flashback, the flashback story which are perfect perfect because yeah, yes. otherwise it'd be pretty jarring it, yes be like, absolutely it's yeah. really different from a digital because right now people are digitally coloring digitally inking yeah you know maybe they did some pencil work but then they just go right over the pencil work with digital mm-hmm. you know outlines so i, I still I, I know some comic book artists are still working with pencil outlines and things but then they they scan it all in i don't think i think his artwork eastman's artwork is just a panel outside of digital work mm-hmm. that is is then done as like a piece of art and then scanned in yeah absolutely and then 
one of the things about like changing that for the flashbacks and stuff is like you see these two pages here if this was in this you know you would have to do a little thing that says then and now oh right yeah but, like you don't have to say that you just know this was back then and yeah it's like because now. It, it's like dark and like ominous and then they go back to very colorful colorful sure. modern day i did appreciate so in the back of the book they have all like the covers and stuff mm -hmm. and the hardcover version yeah they had a lot and, of covers uh, for each yeah. issue and i really like, I like yeah <laughs> that one is cool for issue's sake yeah absolutely Oh, uh, ben, ben Bishop. Bishop. That looks pretty cool. Yeah, for issue six. But I did like, um, so Kevin Eastman did do like a cover for one of the number ones. Yeah. And, but it's all colorized. So it was kind of like, oh, okay. Probably like collaborate with somebody or maybe he did the colors. I don't know. But yeah, he did um, this one too. Yeah. So he did a couple of them and it's, it's really cool just to kind of see like how he would do something in color and, and things like that. And well, kinda, and this one is the Dark Knight returns oh yeah cover. absolutely so, his variation on it yeah yep so they did it really where they i think they pulled a lot from frank miller and, absolutely mm -hmm. they gotta be frank miller fans yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, yeah you could definitely tell that like yeah even in robin the, like even yep. the second you know the one the other cover here and even in the like, story you know it's sort of like the lone person fighting against an army of exactly you know, that's very much frank miller right. dark knight returns which and there's nothing wrong <laughs> There's there's nothing wrong with it as long as you do it very tastefully and and you make yeah. it meaningful to your character's origins and story like we we talked about here tonight. Um, and so it I, is it's got to be fun for them because I mean they've been drawing I mean Eastman has been drawing turtles since 1984. Four, you know yeah. it's like it's nice to come back full circle and just see them as still relevant in the comic book industry right now and still relevant in like movies and and just pop culture yeah. very I mean, big pop culture at yeah least here it's just in one of those things that just are part of everyone's nostalgia and it's it really works well um but yeah the story itself uh if you can't get the hardcover i actually read it on comiXology if you have comiXology unlimited now all of the issues are available the number five issue just came out i think last week which was funny because i was like they have one through four and number five is not available yeah, yet. Right. And then they made it available the next day. They must have heard me shouting yeah. to the mountaintops. Mm -hmm. uh, but the 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 actual story, like we said, we don't want to ruin who the turtle is. If you see it online or if you've heard of it already, well, sorry, but um, I think it's a lot of fun. Which to, it got ruined to for me. I don't want to ruin. Yeah, it yeah. It's it's just fun to enter. If they try to keep something secret, it's fun to just enter into it as a little bit of a secret. Um, which it, which makes it very difficult to get like a deep dive into this like comic, like talking about it in a conversation yeah. without like giving too much away. Or right. Yeah. So, so it's I always think, cool to find that friend. You're like, hey, did you read it? Yeah. Because yes. <laughs> there's a lot of things, not just like who's the last turtle there's like other things in there that you kind of want to keep a little secret for the for the why is reading. the last turtle that's yeah. what's going sure on. and i guess kind of to uh, wrap this up and and things like that um i appreciated the afterward that kevin eastman wrote it i didn't get to read in that okay i will i will just i'm gonna gloss over a few uh a few, quote, a few quotes that he had um so he kind of talks about you know he remembers um, uh, peeling the wallpaper of his tiny living room um, in New Hampshire and kind of, you know, him and Peter Laird 
um, just working on the series and things like that. And he kind of uh, looks back and, you know, 38 years ago on May 5th of 1984, um, he says, we unleashed our creation to un- to the unsuspecting public. Um, so that was really cool to hear. And then he kind of goes on to say, um, you know, that they've, they've had this in production and it, it took the uh, co-writer um, Tom Waits um, to, you know, really get this out and get it in front of people. And he really thanks him in the notes. And then, and then he goes on to say, I would like to dedicate this book to my awesome co-creator, Pierre Laird. Um, as we did in 1984 with issue number one, I would also like to dedicate The Last Ronin to Jack Kirby and Frank Miller. The TMNT would never have been possible without you. And then he goes on to thank his uh uh, Courtney and Shane with all his love and gratitude and support. And then he ends with my heartfelt thanks to thanks goes out to uh, the fans. We've given, you've given me the greatest job and the greatest life I could ever have. Ne- uh, I could have never imagined. I'll continue to try to earn it. And so that really got me there. Cause you can tell 38 years of working on TMNT and whatever aspect of it has been. So I yeah. thought that was I mean, 30 plus years, 38, yeah, almost years, 40 years, yeah. Yeah, almost 40 years. So that's 40. There's like, not a lot of creators that could say that <laughs> that around and, you know, people are laying the roots and stuff like that, but it's really cool retrospect to say, yeah, he's the dude <laughs> Yeah, and he really owns it. Now, do you know if he does, other comics other than the turtles i am not positive yeah i don't think so i really i haven't i haven't seen anything yeah if anything maybe they just kind of get them for layouts and advice and things like that but no i haven't really seen anything else he probably is rolling you know in the in the funds from the tmnt yeah but it's it's nice to know that he's still working on it instead of just like letting the money just roll in well it's nice to say like this is our legacy sure he's had a a few independent things um he worked uh he helped with the talks with avenger a bit um little stuff here and there but nothing as significant as this yeah i'm sure these heavy metal yeah you know almost like uh well we want to just pick your brain a little bit. I'm sure he's a really good one to do that in the industry. Mm-hmm. So, I yeah. heard, I heard a few rumors. I, don't, I know you're trying to wrap up, but um, going forward with, with the Ninja Turtles, um, there is a new series cartoon, I believe is what the rumor I heard. And it's going to be an all girl cast turtles. Wow. Like really try something new. Yeah. Um, hmm. Which I think is being a Nickelodeon thing. Of course. Try. Yeah. You know, I think they have the like, rights to do the cartoons at least. Uh, and teenage misses Ninja Turtles. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. I think you just gave them the time. <laughs> um, marketable. But okay. Hear me out. The people who do like uh, all the DC animated films get on this book. Let's Absolutely. see it. Let's see an animated movie. Yeah. Let's see in an animated movie for the style of Spider Verse. <laughs> I don't know about if we want to go that crazy with it, but I think this deserves a. I think it's. I, mean, I think it's almost guaranteed. It's gonna happen. Like it's gotta be. Man, this is so good. We gotta see it. You don't have to do live action for everything, and you know. I'd let's like just an, see. Let's. I think animated would be appropriate. Which they you animate get some really good voice actors, and you don't even. You could get some of the original like animated voice actors, and that'd be interesting. The but I think if you, if you do a, like a keep it kind of consistent with what it is, the uh, keep the source material. Batman vs. Turtles. I think those are all great. 
yeah, voice absolutely. actors for the mm-hmm. turtles. Yeah, the I think that's most of the original ones. So yeah, if they do something like along the lines of that, because that was yes. pretty, kind of dark too. Like, but not not the, the same. Not the same. Yeah, but I think if if they were, I it would it deserves a an adapted treatment. But you have to do Absolutely. it well. Treat it with respect. And I think that kind of concludes our episode of Last TMNT, The Last Ronin. Um, and this is, thanks for tuning in. Cowabunga. This is Cowabunga, <laughs> dudes. Yes. Uh, this is Andrew Glauner. And Chris Ramos. And Joshua Jones. Signing off.